This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up? It's Craig. Two things real quick before we dive into the podcast. First is the time that we actually recorded this, which was last Monday. We anticipated putting this out on Thursday as Logan is doing a bunch of travel. And then Terry McLaren signed his contract and we decided we needed to do a fresh podcast. So you got Thursday's fresh pod and then we have all this amazing football conversation on this podcast. But if you hear one or two references to Well, if Terry signs, the reason why is because we recorded it before Terry signed. The other thing, you might notice my audio quality is not quite up to the level that we expect. Somehow, some way, some settings got crossed and it recorded off my laptop instead of my good microphone. So I apologize for that. Still plenty easy to hear. I'm just acknowledging that uh, I goofed. So sorry about that. Hope it doesn't negatively impact your listening experience at all or at the very least not that much. Uh, with that, we'll be back with a fresh pod on Thursday. And I hope you enjoy the holiday mailbag and have had a great weekend with you and yours. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Greg Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. All right, last couple of questions here. Uh, these are these are a little bit off the beaten path, uh, but I really like these two questions that I want to wrap up with, so we can spend a little bit more time on them. Um, this one actually came from a former trainer of yours, and obviously the two of us are also in the fitness space. And you played in the NFL. So yeah. I, I love this question. What is the balance between extra work and making sure you get your recovery? Because obviously we think of guys need to get better, need to get better, need to get better, but also you need to take care of your body. So I'll let you go first because you have the expertise, not only of a fitness background, uh, but someone who actually experienced what it's like to go through all of the work and the extra work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I have thought certainly watching different guys over the years, but I'll, uh, I'll let you tackle this one first. Yeah. So this is a really good question. In the beginning of my career, I did everything, everything and anything I possibly could to get better. Like I was, I'd get out to practice 30 minutes early. I'd stay 30 minutes late. I'd go in on the off day and run full speed routes. I'd stay after run full speed routes. But as I got older, I couldn't do that anymore. So I kept trying to do those things, but my body just couldn't handle it. So I think the biggest thing to understand for people listening is that this, this, what this is changes as you progress through your career. It changes as you're playing more on Sundays. It changes as you're more involved in practice. So one of the things that I looked at, and it's something that I wish I would have done, is just chilled out a little bit more. Like take a rest day. Take a vet day. I would never take a vet day. They're like, we're going to keep you out of practice today. And I was like, absolutely not. No way you're going to do that. And I would just beat myself into the dirt. And I just didn't and have the And now you're stuck talking to me. Yeah, that's right. And and I didn't have the <laughs> awareness to kind of say, like, this is too much. My body's not recovering the way I was when I was 24, 25, 26, 27, right. 28. And when I got into my 30s, like, that was a pretty steep drop off. Like I remember doing a sprint in practice and little, like literally thinking to myself, like I might've just torn my hamstring off the bone just from like one sprint. And so again, like I was a big weight room guy, always doing extra. And I wish I would have managed that 
a little bit more acutely. You know what I mean? Just kind of said, hey, I don't need to do all of this. I need to, I need to survive the season. I'm not going to get stronger in season. The training volumes are just too high. And um, again, when I was younger and I wasn't playing as much, I could easily handle that. I could easily accommodate that. But as I got older, that definitely needed to shift, and I just couldn't see it. I was too close to it. Now, like you mentioned, I do personal training, I do coaching, I do programming, and it's so blatantly obvious to me. But I just couldn't, I couldn't recognize that I was getting older and that my body wasn't handling the stimulus the same way. Yeah. Uh, the phrase that comes to mind here is a minimum effective dose. Correct. Right. Can you do the absolute least to get the most value? Because it, right. then you get into diminishing returns. And I think something you, you touched on there is super important. And that is as your playtime increase and thus your practice snaps increase, you not only were you getting older, but you could handle that extra work less because you're probably trying to do the same amount of extra work. Correct. But yep. instead of the equation being... 80 plus 20, it was 100 plus 20. And those are two different totals. And right. and so I, I think, you know, that's part of it is like understanding where you are in your career, what you actually need to work on. What is, what is the things that you can isolate and say, I need to do extra work on this to get better without going overboard and, and doing things that ultimately having diminished returns. And actually, ironically, we talked about this kind of at length on my fitness podcast this week. I was going to say, um, did you talk about it with yeah. the Golden State Warriors? Yeah. We talked about with the Warriors, and, and on last week's uh, show, we talked about it um, through the idea of the beep tests, and I actually referenced some, oh. some stuff that I've seen football conditioning guys do too. Uh, similarly, where you do extra running or whatever after practice, and what's going to make you the best player is being the best player. And, and I think it's it's the most apparent. It's obviously a very different sport, but you watch track and field, right? And they just had the, the U.S. national championships. And you watch Sydney McLaughlin run a world record in the 400 meter hurdles. And she crosses the finish line, standing up and just kind of maybe she actually went down to a knee because she pretty full sent it to set the world record. Mm -hmm. But you watch the winners and they are they're just like, you know, take an extra victory lap. They're walking around. They're breathing heavy. Obviously, they gave a maximum effort. But the people that come in seventh, eighth, they're the ones who like collapse to the track. They're the ones who just give out. And I think football can be the same way. Like the effortless nature of being good comes from the fact that it requires less effort. So we talk about conditioning and rest and recovery. It's spending the time to do the things that are going to make you the best possible player because that is going to help you actually play more and obviously be as good as you possibly can versus a bunch of extra conditioning that's just like mindless running or extra time in the weight room. But I also think there is value in some of that stuff for the sake of, like you talked about with Austin Hooper, you know, having the coaches see you do it. So it's a lot of strategy. Some of it's BS. Some of it's like you want to come early, stay late, whatever. So the coaches see you. They think they're, you're working hard. GM sees you. You get the contract. Uh, but also there's the other side of it of making sure that you are taking care of yourself, making sure that you do the things that you actually need to do not necessarily the classic extra hard work. Oh, that guy's on. Like if you, if you don't drop balls, uh, don't spend time on the jugs machine. If your routes stink, go run some extra right. routes and then call it a day. If you're the other way around, you know, and your routes are great, but you're dropping everything, go to the jugs machine, do the things that you need to do, and then don't do don't do more. Minimum effective well, dose. Well, I think the other thing is like I would always I'd get a pre practice like activation and I'd go out and do my stuff and be on the field and I'd come in and I'd do like some post practice stuff. And that was always good, like stretching and mobility mm-hmm. and just kind of get my body back to square one, right? 
that always was good. And then I started adding stuff without taking stuff out. I just kept adding right. and adding and adding and adding. And the other thing that I, as I got older, I probably could have done a better job of was like, there's different ways to work, right? So I could go get mm -hmm. on the Normatec books, boots and watch film. I could get in the cold tub and have my iPad with me. I could go to the film room and just watch tape in there. And would that have been more productive than me doing like a full, you know, 30, 45 minute reset post practice, being in the dark kind of cool room. And again, that's a different type of work, but it's, it's not kind of physically taxing in the same way. So again, uh, under, I think that's the one thing I would say to people is just like, your body's going to change, understand those changes, right? Understanding your stressors are going to change, especially in season. Season's a high stress time. Like you don't need to be adding a ton of extra stressors. And you, in fact, you want to be eliminating those as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I would say is like, if you're saying, oh, I don't want to get weak, just remember like an 80% effort once a month. Think about that once every four weeks is enough to maintain your strength for that duration of a football season. So, like, I think dudes are hitting 80% way more frequently than once a month, and that's something that I could have done because I felt like if I didn't hit it every week, I was going to lose strength, but I probably could have gone even every two weeks, just pushed it out, taking my time, let my body recover, and that's something I could have done a way better job of when I was playing. But, again, there's, like, this – I talked to a strength coach that I have a lot of respect for, and he was like, that's, like, how you were wired. You know what I mean? You, right. you like that's what a lot got of it's you a mentality were, thing. Yeah, like and I and it was like it was like uh it was like my pacifier in a weird way. I did extra to kind of calm myself down, like, oh no one else is doing this. Uh, no one else is doing hitting the sled twenty times after practice. Like this is what's gonna keep me on the team. And that extra work is what kind of calmed me, but it was actually probably not a great thing either. So Yeah. Well I would say this too what ultimately is going to matter is how you practice. Like right. you don't even get, and I say practice over play because you don't get the chance to play if you don't practice well, which is really unfortunate for some guys who are much more sure. gamers than they are. You know, they're not great practice players, but at the end of the day, both for your conditioning, your skill set, as well as the impression you make on the coaches, if you're not doing any of that stuff and you ball out in practice, coaches are going to play you. Uh, right. and, and we've seen that time and again throughout the NFL history with any number of guys. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast uh last thing real quick before we go hardest part of adjusting to the pro game for a rookie 
Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I just went down to Titan University, and one of the things that came out of that, you know, is I got to talk to a lot of young guys, and it was, and I've been around young guys my whole career, and one of the things that I found interesting is that um, they all, pretty much every rookie, every young guy I've talked to thinks the adjustment from high school to college is way more challenging than college to the NFL. And the one, the one variable that comes out of it that they think is very challenging is the, um, is the uh, what am I saying, is the speed of the game, right? Because everybody is fast. Like every single person, just the, and it's not even like that people are fast, it's the immediacy, the urgency of it. Like I remember when I was a rookie, like, I remember Cooley had to tell me, like, hey, man, like, get off on the snap count. And I was like, I am getting off on the snap count. And he's like, no, like, watch this. And he took me through the film and, like, play, pause, play, pause, play, pause. And I was, like, a full three clicks, three frames after everybody else. And he's like, this is this will get you killed in the NFL. And understanding that, understanding how urgent everyone is, it's, it's unbelievable. Your first NFL practice, if you have an opportunity to go and watch one, like, just compared to any other sport, it's compared. I mean, compared to any other level of football, excuse me, the it's it's not it's not the speed that's doing it a disservice. It's urgent. Everyone's running the ball. Everyone's sprinting. No one's kind of tempering or tampering. It's like they're taking good angles. They're taking good reads. They're you know what I mean. They're anticipating stuff at a different level. And so accommodating that, I think, is the most challenging thing. But you know, if you're a good football player, um, you can get that done. So a lot of guys, you know, first couple of practices, first three, four weeks, that's the thing that sticks out to them. And I think the other thing for tight ends anyway, is the volume of information you have to know, right? You just Mm got to know a ton of stuff. So you got to be super efficient in terms of getting to where you got to go while also processing all this information. And so those are the two variables that I, that consistently come up when I talk to young, young players. Yeah, that makes sense. And I've definitely seen that in the guys that I covered over the years. All right. Yeah. Uh, future mailbag questions can be submitted on Twitter to me at Hoffman show on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82. We'll do another one of these in like a month or so. Uh, got a bunch of cool stuff. Like we talked about off the top uh, coming on the podcast, positional previews. We'll get some of the other beat reporters on here. Uh, maybe Sam Fortier will join eventually, or maybe he'll duck us a couple more times. Yeah, Sam, I said it. Shots fired. Stuck in it. It's fine. We love Sam. Also, Craig, uh, just yeah. read some of the other questions we got. So, because I just so everyone knows that we've got them and they're on there. Yeah, like, we uh, things we didn't get to today. There was a question about average depth of target. That would have been really fun. We can get into that maybe in our receiver preview uh, in, in yeah. the next couple of weeks. Uh, what should fans pay attention to in preseason games? We kind of work that into some of the yeah. uh, some of the answers. Um, one that I we didn't get to that I definitely am looking forward to talking about uh, when we do our line preview or in a future mailbag is why aren't people more excited about Norwell and Turner getting back into the system and will the offensive line take a step forward or step back? That should be really fun to talk about because I think that's really really fascinating. Yeah. Um, I do too. So just those are things that we, yeah, we heard. Fair you, expectations we for the defense. Yeah. That was another one yeah. um, that yeah. I think we'll, I think we will spend a lot of time on that over the next six weeks leading into training camp and frankly, the six weeks of training camp. I think we'll have a better idea once we get to training camp too. I think obviously like they looked like they had a hard time during OTAs, but they look great in mini camp. So which, which of those two come up and are more consistent during that training camp period, I think is important. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, that's it for this week's show, though. Make sure, again, if you just found us and you checked it out, you, hopefully you like what you heard. And if you do, subscribe, and it'll come to you every Monday and Thursday. Also, rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. For Logan, I'm Craig. I'll see you all on the radio and right back here Monday for Take Command.